live. Yeah, we are. You guys, who let us have a podcast? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Natalie Hopkins. And I'm Paige hey. Burke. And welcome. I hope you guys are as excited as we are. <laughs> Hi guys. You guys might hear an unfamiliar voice today on the podcast and that's because we have a special guest. Our first ever guest on the show actually. We are beyond excited to announce that we have uh, Tava Sternberg here, registered dietitian nutritionist specializing in women's integrative health on the show today. All around badass. So All around badass. So Tava, since you're here, I just kind of want you to start out by telling us a little bit about yourself, your work, how you got here. Give us the runaround. What's going on? Yeah. So I am a registered dietitian and I am the owner of Hub Healthy, which is a private practice based in Boston. I see clients all over the city, but I also see people virtually all over the country, really. So I started to specialize in women's health. Uh, when I realized a couple things. One is the majority of my clients were women and they were coming to me with bigger issues than just weight loss. And then two, I was going through my own sort of hormonal imbalances. And I really realized that there was a disconnect between what my doctor was telling me and what was really going on with my body. So I sort of believe that there's always a root cause to the symptoms um, and covering it up with medication is not really the solution if you want long-term health. So I see a lot of weight loss. I see a lot of hormone balancing, gut issues like candida and uh, bacteria in the gut. And I do a lot of functional lab testing. So I test with clients to see, you know, get more information. You can always guess on things, but if you test, you really get more information on symptoms. So these symptoms might not be in the disease state yet. So a conventional doctor wouldn't test for these things and wouldn't necessarily diagnose you with anything. But these tests help identify root causes. And uh, many of my clients come to me with, with symptoms and we test for things such as like weight gain. We can do hormonal testing. IBS, we do food sensitivity testing. We do organic acids testing. We do um, stool testing even. And then Anything between skin rashes, low mood, low energy, there's different tests that we would run for those. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Wait, question. What's an organic acid test? Yeah, so that's a urine-based test. And it tests like basically it's going to show some B vitamins and overgrowth of bacteria and the metabolites of certain things that you break down in the body. So it's a super, super interesting test. Um, It gives you tons of information. And if you ever think that you have like SIBO or an overgrowth or a yeast issue, that's really the number one test to do. Interesting. You just mentioned like, did you do that one? I know, SIBO. RIP my SIBO. Did you Um, do that? I took a breath test for my SIBO. Where you have to like drink the lactate thing. Yeah, typically you do a, a breath test. I find this one gives more information. So I like this test better than a breath test. But again, a conventional doctor would give you a breath test. So you just touched upon like 400 things that I want to talk about. Yeah. 
That was incredible. Uh, how long you got <laughs> tonight? <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk about blood tests first because I that's obviously something that we do not we, we don't do we don't touch and I'm super interested in it for a number of reasons. One of which is that I had so many blood tests earlier this year um, with my own food sensitivities and battles and whatnot. But it seems like everybody has a food sensitivity right now, like. Just like everybody in the universe, what are they real? Why are they here? Do you have an opinion on it? How do we know if we have one? Yeah. So, so the blood test I do is a food sensitivity test. I offer the lab. It goes directly to your house. You prick your finger so you never have to go into a lab. Um, you do a little spot on a card. You send it out. I get the results three weeks later and I can go over it with you. It tests for um, over 94 different foods and it also tests for candida. So this is sort of an underlying first time we see candida. Then we can go to the organic acid test or we can treat you for that candida. So this, you'll probably see a ton of ads these days. I know I see them. Those are fine, but they don't give you the big picture. So the lab I use is a legit functional medicine laboratory that you know functional medicine doctors use and it gives you a much bigger picture. And it also allows you to get, you know, information on what to do with this information. So these labs are just sending you, the startup labs are just sending you sort of tidbits and saying, okay, this is what you're reactive to, whatever, where if you do it through someone like me, I sit down with you for a half hour and I go over what everything means and what you need to do and what you need to eliminate. So to answer your question, does everybody have a food sensitivity? No, but the majority of people have something that they're reactive to. And what this test is, is an IgG test. So it's not an allergy. It's not IgE. It's not something that's causing a huge reaction like that. It's causing inflammation and it's an immune response. So it's built up over time. And what happens is over time, your gut permeability sort of weakens. So with medications like antibiotics and birth control, Mm -hmm. um, with toxins in the environment, with inflammatory foods your gut wall basically becomes more permeable so things can get in it. And proteins from certain foods then can slide through and causes an inflammatory response. And so when I get the results back from the test, the foods are reacting to an inflammatory response and over time it builds more and more. So if we take something that you're super reactive to, fix the gut and then bring it back in, it's not like an allergy where you can never eat it again. Usually in moderation, you can bring it back. And What I see a lot is we can bring it back, but if you eat it two days in a row, you're reacting again. You're getting your symptoms back. You're low mood, low energy. Maybe you get a skin rash, whatever your symptoms were. But if you eat it maybe once a week, maybe that doesn't happen because again, this, the immune response builds on, on itself. What a great thing that you're like taking in these people after they get the results too, because that can be the most scary part, right? Like you're finding out finally, maybe after years of unknowns, what actually is going on and to have somebody there for some support and guidance is a great thing. Totally. So if you do one of these like startup labs, you're going to get the information and say, oh, green beans, I can't have these or whatever it is. And you're not going to really know what to do. So I walk you through everything. And, you know, depending on what the reactive state is, is it low? Is it moderate? Is it high? We'd eliminate those food sources for a certain amount of time. It's nice to know that with food sensitivities, since like literally everybody has them these days, that it's not like a death sentence forever. No, it's not. Again, it's not an allergy. It's not like you can never have this this food. And it might be like a food that you thought was healthy, but your body's reacting differently to it. And it's just, it's a tool to be more in tune with your body and to know your body better. 
So I see really great results with my clients after doing this. I think like everybody can benefit from them because even I, you know, I get some clients that are that reactive to that many things, but just a few things, a few tweaks. And then I get clients that are reactive to tons of things. And the things I see the most are, are dairy and gluten, eggs I see a lot. And sometimes just eliminating those for three weeks, we see how you feel. So it's definitely good information. And again, if something comes back and you have no, you're not reactive to anything, that's sort of saying that the gut's just shut down and you're beyond sort of leaky gut. And so that gives you information too. So it really gives you a ton of information, not to mention this, this inflammatory response to the foods happens 24 to 72 hours after you eat a food. So it's super hard to sort of pinpoint what that food is that's making you have these symptoms. That's why this test is so nice because it could be th- you ate this food three days ago and you have you don't remember what you ate three days ago. That's effing crazy. Whoa. Okay. So I have so many questions. I have a lot of questions about food sensitivities because, <laughs> like I said, of my own SIBO battle, which Tava helped me with a lot. I got all my supplements through Tava, which was amazing, and my game plan, which is super helpful. But let's move on to something that you were extremely passionate about and something that you specialize in, which is hormonal health. Mm. women's hormonal health. So you did a course with us, which was absolutely amazing. But I kind of wanted to just touch upon like, what's the most common, maybe not what's the most common, we hear like, oh, it's my hormones or like, I'm so bloated, like I can't fit my pants today. Or like, over the last year, I gained 20 pounds because my hormones, my hormones are off. So like, What's going on? Why are our hormones so out of whack? What's the most common imbalance that you, you know, see among women? And is this like a real thing? Yeah. So maybe our hormones are just overblamed. No, I'm just kidding. I but feel like everything is blamed, like everything that's bad that happens to a woman is blamed on is blamed yeah. on their hormones. Yeah. No, and, and to a certain extent, 100%, like this makes sense. I, I do get annoyed. I get an- so annoyed with my husband when he's like, are you getting your period? Are your, your hormones? I'm like, stop blaming my hormones. Like, listen Lay up. off. No. <laughs> um, lay off. So, no, I think that our hormones can be overblamed sometimes. But, but in all seriousness, hormones are amazing and they're our friends, but when they're balanced. And it totally makes sense that we're blaming our hormones and that our, we think that our hormones are leading to all these things because they probably are. Because there's so many things in our daily lives, our daily routines that wreak havoc on our hormones. And it leads to weight gain and digestive issues. So to name a few things, there's chemicals and toxins in products that we use like our makeup and our shampoos and conditioners and our lotions and our cleaning products in our houses, our laundry detergent, our, you know, the bleach. I couldn't think of the word bleach, but (laughs) all these things that you're using daily disrupt your hormones. Pesticides used for farming. This is terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it it can be scary, but like if you start to pay attention of all the products and you're reading labels, you know, start with one thing at a time and you can slowly make changes to, to better products. But, and then there's medications like birth control and antibiotics and all those things. So all those things are, are related to, to hormone imbalances. Um, and then the number one is really stress. So how stressed are you? Like, do you have stress in your everyday life? Is it job-related stress, relationship-related stress, or is it stress in the body? Is it stress from eating inflammatory foods, eating foods that you're sensitive to? So to answer your question, what I see the most is I see estrogen dominance. So some symptoms of that is weight gain, typically in the midsection, but a hard time losing weight. If you're getting heavy periods, if you have sore, tender breasts, 
that's a big one I see. And then I see one that I call wired and tired. So this is a dysregulation of cortisol output. So I see women who are super tired in the morning, um, and this is when your cortisol output should be the highest, sluggish in the morning, and then at night they just can't sleep. So their cortisol is, is increasing at night when it should be the lowest at night. I see that a ton. And these are all sort of stress-related and, and all the things that I mentioned before. So those are probably the, the most common. What, like, so obviously we can't like overhaul our entire lives <laughs> with like not using, I mean, I would love to just like go live in the forest and not have to use any of these things, but like laundry detergent, shampoo, body cream, all those things are things we're going to use on a daily basis. I know the one that you said was tinfoil. Yeah. So aluminum. So that aluminum's in a lot of deodorants and yeah. we, there's probably heard like don't use aluminum on your armpits. It can lead to Alzheimer's. It can Why lead to cancer. That? Why aluminum? I don't um, understand. It's a, it's a toxin. So it's like not something we should be putting on our skin. And that was actually a big eye opener for me was with the baking. Cause I had always put like, you know, Oh, I'm going to bake a sweet potato. I'll put it on, on aluminum. And then I was like, wait, if I don't want to put this on my skin, why am I putting my food on it? So Yeah, I just um, don't know why they would put aluminum in a deodorant or in a product. It's it's it makes you not sweat. It's antiperspirant. So that's why. So but yeah, it's it's um pretty wild. I mean, why do they do a lot of things? If you start to really look at labels, you're like, why is this in, in this product? So um, <laughs> what are like the top to three o- things that like what's like if you were like, okay, today you need to start doing this, this, and this. To start, so things that you're putting directly on your skin, yeah. So makeup, foundation, things like that, um, lotions, shampoos, anything that you're putting on your body. I would, you know, to make this easy, I would go to ewg.org. That's the environmentalworkinggroup.org. I would type in your product, and it will give you a rating from A to D or F or something. Um, it will tell you how safe that product is and, and, and why it will tell you, is it not safe for the environment? Is it not safe for your hormones? Is it not safe for whatever reason? So what's that website? It will give you that information. EWG.org. Okay. I'm going to put that in our show notes, you guys, so you can see what horrible things you're putting on your skin. Yeah. And like, it's funny because I've switched like my laundry detergent is like a safer detergent now. And now if someone uses Tide or like Gain or anything, I am so sensitive to it. I smell it right away and it makes me sick. It's like the strongest smelling. Yeah. I used to love laundry detergent smell. I'm like, oh, and now if I smell it, I'm like, oh my God, I have to rewash this. It stinks. Like it's way too, there's way too much like perfume in it. So anytime you see a product that says perfume or like something like that, it's typically not great for you. Lots of additives. Yes, exactly. You guys, there's Tide in this house. (laughs) Get it out. There's Tide on my body. There's Tide in my my everything (laughs) at the moment. No, I'm not trying to like freak you out, but it's just like, I mean, it's your overall toxin load. So like figure out how many things you put in your body and use every day that have toxins in them and then what's the most important to you and slowly try to try to eliminate that load because you know your hormones and just overall health and your liver and all of that stuff your toxic load plays plays a role in, in all of that I feel like all of this new information and really going natural from like a beauty standpoint like first I felt like it was more home products and now it's going into beauty is so mainstream now and I feel like five or even eight years ago it wasn't as big of a deal so is there just so much new research coming out on it? Or is it kind of a known thing and it's just now being aired out? 
I think it's been known by certain people for a long time. I think um, we're doing a better job, I think, with social media and sure. just talking about it more. You know, there's functional medicine doctors that are focusing on post-birth control syndrome and more talking about birth control more. And there's yeah. um, a woman I follow. She's like the environmental toxin queen. She talks about like in the environmental toxins and toxins and all these products. So I just think it's being spoken about more and sure. it's only going to get better, I think. Um, yeah. You know, you're seeing these stores like, I don't know if you have Folene. We have Folene in Boston. I think they're in New York too. And Credo, these are clean beauty stores. So you go in and you can sort of trust that the products you buy there are going to be clean. And I think even Sephora has like a cleaner line mm-hmm. now. So you still have to be careful and read the ingredients because what people say are clean is is different everywhere. But I think it's being talked about more, which is really amazing. Yeah. Super fascinating. Okay. So that was great. Here's another topic I want to talk about because obviously what we put on our bodies is important, but what we put in our bodies is just as important, if not more important. So one of the topics I want to talk about, especially with summer coming up, which is primo drinking season, patios, bars, you know, barbecues, the works, alcohol. How bad is it? Like, realistically, how bad is it? Yeah. So I don't like to label things good and bad. I think that's a bad habit. So I'm trying not to say good and bad. But essentially, alcohol is a toxin or a poison to the liver. And it doesn't come with any nutrient value. So let's let's figure that out. So I wouldn't say it's bad. But you have to take in consideration your overall health goals when you're thinking about consuming alcohol. So your liver is one of your major detoxification pathways. It's a really important organ. And if you're trying to lose weight or increase your overall health, you're sort of putting that on hold when you consume the alcohol because your organs have to focus on getting that alcohol out of your system. So I think it's fair to say that it can be taxing on the body. I mean, that's why we get hangovers. But in moderation, I think socially drinking is acceptable. You know, I'm not the fun police, so I'm not going to tell you not to drink. But I think that moderation is key here. So drinking socially, choosing drinks without the juices in them. You know, maybe if you have a party every week or every day to go to of the week, you choose which ones you're going to drink at, or you are good about drinking water in between each drink. So I know that the Academy of Dietetics says that women can have one drink a day, which is seven a week, which to me feels like a lot. I might say something like half of that a week, But it's really, I think, again, a personal choice that you have to sort of decide what your overall goals are and where does the alcohol fit into that. One drink a day? Yeah, that's what the Academy says. And they say two for men, which feels like a lot because then you're like seven drinks a week is kind of a lot of drinks. So the Academy is wrong on a lot of things, you know, I'm not going to bash them, but I think that our guidelines on certain things are a little off. So I think it's personal judgment. Wow. That's... I've never heard that before. So why does everybody say I would be so much more prepared for this bachelorette this weekend if I drink one a day? <laughs> but I so don't. Yeah, what it's like steadily like prepare like training. It's like it, train your liver, liver truly, training. Yes. That's one a day, not including the binging you're gonna do at the bachelorette. So that's true. True, 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 true. Tava, why is tequila considered, quote, the healthy alcohol. Can you explain this to us? Sure. So if you have like histamine issues, like if you drink and you notice that 
you've got red face or red ears or you get congested. A lot of times that happens if you drink wine or something. So anyway, the most alcohols, including wine, are aged a certain way in barrels. And typically these barrels have allergens in them. So clear tequila is made differently. So it has less allergens in it. So typically that's why it's the cleanest of the alcohols. It's still alcohol. It's still taxing on your liver. But if you experience these histamine things, you might want to try sticking to the clear tequila. I have never put that together. I wake up so congested. Really? I, I'm speechless right now. What do you typically drink? I mean, wine. Like, yeah, so just wine, wine yeah. does that to a lot of people. A it's lot like of people. A, My mother gets thing, basically. literally halfway through a glass of wine and she cannot breathe. Her nose is completely clogged. That sounds It's not terrible. that instant for me, but that is, wow. Does, I just feel hungover and sick from all the snacks I ate the night before. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that that's knows. another thing that I'll say tips with drinking is eat something healthy and delicious before you start drinking mm. so then you're less tempted to go for those lunchy snacks after. Yeah, yeah for yeah. your dominoes. <laughs> so does your body process tequila or clear tequila differently than – or is it just strictly the allergens that are affecting you differently? Or does it actually process it's, it differently? No, I wouldn't say it processed it differently. I mean, everything's processed through the liver and and it's processed the same. I I wouldn't say that that's much different. It's mostly what else is in that alcohol. Sure. And so the alcohol gets to your liver and your liver is just like, help. It's sort of like, oh, this isn't something I can use at all and I need to get this out. So yeah, pretty much. SOS. Yeah. (laughs) Tava, what do you like to drink? I actually like clear tequila. I like like tequila with soda and then like citrus. So I put like lime and lemon in it. Yeah. And, I mean, I like like a glass of wine here and there. Like who's going to say no to a nice rosé? But and it, it doesn't really make me that stuffy. I, I have to say red wine does though. Red wine like makes me feel sick. I can't do red wine. What's a hangover? I do, like what's a hangover? Like how like what is your body doing? I'm when like you- you've never had a hangover? Oh, girl. <laughs> Background. Tava also went to Syracuse along with myself and Natalie. So we all know what hangovers are. We're very clear on hangovers. But like what is a hangover? Like what is happening to your body when you have a hangover? Yeah, I think it's a combination of your organs trying to process it and dehydration. So totally dehydrates you, alcohol does. So it's so like your organs are crying. So. Pretty much. They're just like, you know, if you feel like flu-like and that's just your body saying eh, there's inflammation, alcohol is super inflammatory. So there's inflammation. That's typically why why you get a headache, a mix of dehydration and inflammation pretty much. That's like so scary that I consistently poison myself on a daily basis for like years on end. Me too, girl. Me too. <laughs> if uh, Tava the RD could only see me then, she'd have a some words with me. <laughs> you were like studying this and being like, bye guys, got to go take 47 shots of vodka. See ya, Chucks. <laughs> See you there. Oh my oh, God. Man. Okay. I think that's enough about alcohol. I don't know why I'm so curious about alcohol right now. I literally almost never drink now because I'm an old fart. But anyway. <laughs> You're a retired. I'm a retired lady. Last topic. Unless you guys have other topics you want to talk about. But last topic, which is really the hottest topic ever of all time, I want to talk about fasting again. I know we've talked about fasting a lot of times, but since we have you on the show, what sort of magical thing is happening when you fast? Because apparently it's magic. Tell me all about it. Is it? No. So I wouldn't call it magic. There's a couple things happening here. One is you're restricting. So less calories also means less nutrients. So you have to be careful there. But 
you are basically eliminating times that you can eat. So you're going to eat less. You're, you're not going to eat late night snacks. So you're only giving yourself a certain amount of time. So it's a, it's a way of restricting. The other side of it is you're giving yourself some digestive rest. So I think that there's certain times when fasting can be good because if there's an overload of inflammation, you might need that, that calming digestive rest. I think that typically if you're cutting the late night snacks and cutting those additional calories, it could work for you. So I normally don't tell people to do intermittent fasting. If a client comes to me and wants to do intermittent fasting or has been doing it and it's working for them, my job is to support them and do it in a healthy way. I don't typically say to do it, but I will support my clients in doing it. In other ways, I do sort of do a little bit of fasting. So there's a functional medicine detox that I offer some of my clients, and that's digestive rest fasting for two days, basically. We're giving you tons of nutrients to support your liver. You're getting vitamins and nutrients, things that are anti-inflammatory, but you're not eating a lot for two days. And that's a way of fasting. And the other thing for fasting that I typically say for everybody is a 12-hour fast. So this could seem intense when I first say it, it's really not that complicated. If you eat dinner at 7 p.m., don't eat breakfast until 7 a.m. So that's a full 12 hours. This eliminates the night snacking and it gives your body that digestive rest that it needs overnight. So I think in certain I think when people are fasting for a crazy amount of times and they're only eating like in the afternoons, it can get a little complicated. But I do think that certain amount of fasting can can work for people. Would you say that that's more from a digestive benefit standpoint? a weight loss standpoint or both? I think it could be beneficial for both. So if you're somebody that you have, your biggest issue is late night snacking, which I do see a lot, could help with weight loss. But as far as inflammation, I mean, weight loss and inflammation pretty much related. A lot of times when I'm seeing women come in with weight loss issues and they're saying that they've tried everything and they can't lose the weight, we have to dig a little deeper. So is there an inflammation issue? Is there a bacteria issue? There's something else there. And sometimes giving that digestive rest or going through the functional medicine detox where we're really supporting the detoxification pathways into phase one and phase two, that allows you to lose that weight and, and calm the inflammation. One of the things in the like IF world that I hear and see and read about all the time is this theory that – so like a, a lot of the people that I follow and whatnot do IF and they fast for 16 hours, they eat for eight hours – but there's this theory that if you do that for a certain amount of time, like you need at least one day of the week that you have to break that cycle because otherwise it won't, quote, work anymore. But it doesn't sound like anything magical is happening when you're fasting besides the fact that you're just restricting when you're eating and giving your digestive system a, a rest. And that's my opinion. But what's your opinion on that? I'm not really sure what the idea behind that would be, but I don't think that it's okay to have a flex meal or a flex day and then get back to intermittent fasting. I mean, right. I mean, I guess it's a way for to make it easier on people. I'm not sure. Right. And yeah, if you plan, you're going to be more successful and you're going to be eating the right thing. So I think there's a lot of a lot of things that go into it that work without saying that you're intermittent fasting. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Tava, thank you for your time. You the yes, best. This was so fun. And so much knowledge. for everybody listening, where can they find you? Um, and I'll also put this into the show notes as well. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram, Hub Healthy Boston. Mm -hmm. uh, you can email me, Tava at hubhealthy.com. 
Um, you can visit my website, hubhealthy.com. Um, and that's where I am. So Amazing. feel free to reach out with any questions. If you want to do any lab testing or supplement questions or just some questions about fad diets, I love, I love talking about this stuff. So I would be happy to answer anything. Amazing. All right, guys. So you know what time it is? Macro hack time. Yeah. Macro hack of the week. I always just let Nat say it because <laughs> I, I know. I know. That's why I pause because I'm waiting for Natalie to say because she loves it so much. Yeah. I'm like, it makes me so happy. I don't know. Tava, every week we do a macro hack of the week, which is our little hack to help our babes who are tracking their nutrients. So Paige, Dime. I am such a proponent of incorporating treats in your diet. And whether it's a little bit of salty, a little bit of sweet or both, I am just, like I said, such a proponent of making sure that you work things like this into your day so that you don't feel deprived, um, whether it's the end of the week and, you know, it's a weekend and all of a sudden you're at brunch and the caramel roll comes on the table and you can't, you feel like you have to eat the whole thing. So I feel like little bits of sweet or salty in moderation is a good thing. And it shouldn't be something that you have to completely take off the table. So make it work within your day. What did you say? A caramel roll? A caramel roll. What's a what's a caramel roll? What's either of those? A caramel roll? Well, first of all, first <laughs> of all, it? hold on. Who says caramel and who says caramel? I think I say caramel. Caramel. I think I say caramel. I feel like you're really bougie if you say caramel. I say caramel. <laughs> I, yeah, I say. I think I say caramel too. Okay, so regardless, really? it doesn't matter which one we say. What okay. the hell is it? It's basically a cinnamon roll, but like instead of the frosting, it's caramel. Oh, that sounds so sweet. Ooh. Wow. You guys, you've truly never. Is this like a Minnesota you know thing? bread is? I don't. I didn't think so. It has to be a Midwest thing. This is not on the East Coast. <laughs> I like no. want to pull people in the room and get a survey here. <laughs> okay, well, is three it, people from the East Coast sweet? don't know what that is. <laughs> I'm not ready I'm, to move past this yet. I need a description on what it tastes like. It it's basically a like warm, gooey, little bit of salty, like think of a cinnamon roll, but replace it with caramel, like honey texture. You got me where you said salty. So is it like the sea salt I can do? Yeah, there's sometimes there's little like walnuts or some sort of nut on the top too that makes it a little bit salty. Mm, I'm dying at your guys' reaction. (laughs) Now I'm a little more on board. (laughs) Okay. So now that the entire East and West Coast know what a caramel caramel roll is, (laughs) Natalie, what's your macro hack of the week? Okay. Well, mine is about water because. Guys, I think I've been a camel for the last, I don't know, 28 in your years past of my life. Okay. Yes. I used to never drink water. Mm, like, or eat vegetables. Like, I would be literally no <laughs> yes. water, no vegetables. And I'm like, how am I still alive? I don't actually know, but I'm here. Anyways, recently discovered this great new thing called water, and I've been drinking it. So <laughs> the way that I've been able to like reach my water goals each day. Mm-hmm. Is I'm literally okay, guys. You can't see this because it's podcasting, but I'm holding up my spreadsheet for them. So I have these like little boxes sectioned off, like six boxes, right? And it says 24 ounces, 24 ounces, 12 ounces, 24, 12, 24. For me, this is like what I'm able to drink 
every day. So it's like morning, noon, night. And the 12 ounces are not actual water. It's like sparkling water to like keep things spicy and interesting, you know? But I've literally been consistent. I know. Okay. So hear me out. I know it's like a little type A, but like I have gotten so much joy, like checking off those little boxes throughout the day and literally have never felt better. My skin just feels better. Like I feel more full and high energy. And I'm drinking like a hundred and whatever many that is, 120 ounces of water a day. Love it. So my macro hack is just water. That I mean, life win. Tava, what's happening when you drink enough water during the day? So just that energy, skin, all those things. I would say to aim for half your body weight in ounces. If you can do more, especially if you're working out a lot, if you sweat a lot, then go for it. But I, I like that hack. That's awesome. Good for you. I don't think your, got, your skin is glowing. The, you are. Oh she God, has great skin, you. Natalie. You have amazing skin. Always glowing. I, Paige, your skin is now also I'm like blushing. an angel's ass. It's like yeah, perfect. I literally can't. We were literally talking about it before I, the show how Paige just comes in and is like a model every day. And she's I'm just like, like dewy with like a chic sweatpants. outfit on. This yes. is called spray tan glow. It's literally a film on top of my Whatever. face that's making me shiny. It's too perfect. <laughs> All right, guys. My macro hack is to get you guys to stop night eating because I that was like something that I did forever. I was like the night eating queen. If you were to tell me to not eat for 12 hours, I would literally not be able to eat until like two o'clock the next day because I would just snack all the time throughout the night. I think that it was a huge, I mean, in college, dear God, when Tava and I lived in the same house, I would be snacking at two, three o'clock in the morning. Love me some snacking. So the first thing I did to combat night eating was to set an alarm so I would set an alarm on my phone. Oh, I know a lot of people put set a birth control alarm. Like my sister has a birth control alarm. But I would set a stop fucking eating alarm. And <laughs> it was really helpful because I would set it at – I think I used to set it at like 8 o'clock. Um, and it would just be like, don't do that. But not every time did it work for me. And so the second part of my macro hack of the week <laughs> is actually kind of kind of come from Natalie. So Natalie suggested that – when that alarm goes off or it just when you're done eating for the night to just like remove yourself from the area. So like go upstairs or just kind of like leave the, the area where the food is and or have it be like follow up your last meal or follow up that alarm with an action. So whether it's like, oh, my alarm went off. I need to go like read my book or like I need to go for a walk or it's time to like have tea. My husband actually recently scheduled quote tea and wind down for the entire, it's in his calendar every single day from set, I think it's from 7.30 to nine is tea and wind down time. So his little, you know, calendar goes off. He make, literally the pot goes on. He makes his tea goes upstairs and lays in bed, no blue light. And that's like his like new thing. So that's what we're trying out at the moment. But set an alarm, see what works for you, but just get yourself out of the kitchen. <laughs> Those are totally things that I tell my clients. So I'm I'm on board with all ah, Amazing. All right, Love guys. It. So next episode is also going to be an interview episode. And we're going to be talking about mind over matter with Alexandra Rule. So we're chatting about the powers of the mind and how to kind of rewrite your own story. Because at the end of the day, you are the author of your own life. I am so obsessed with everything you just said. That I can't wait. That sounds like a Natasha Bedingfield lyric, and I'm not. <laughs> about it. 
I didn't make it up myself. Alex, literally Alex was, or she goes by Zan. Alexandra uh, goes by Zan because she's the coolest human on the earth. And wow. I know Zan. Cool. And Zan was like, yeah, well, we just kind of teach our clients to rewrite their own story because, you know, they're the authors of their own lives. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the rest is still unwritten. That is, so- okay. Oh my gosh. That's actually the lyrics. <laughs> All right, guys, we're getting a little silly. Good night. Good night. Bye. Thanks so much, Tava. Thanks, Tava. You're the best.